Hey, what's going on, people? It's Jay Good at StraightOutTheDen.com. Um, I would like to welcome you to the Straight Out The Den podcast. Um, now, I'm, I'm just going to go and throw this out here. Um, this is just information for the people. I'm actually recording this podcast at 1.14 a.m. Um, it's been one of those days. Uh, we have A3C coming up here in the city. And um, just, uh, you know, just really preparing for everything. And I just wanted to make sure that I, I did get you guys um, a podcast this week. Um, we've been pretty consistent. And I wanted to make sure that we kept doing that. So, um I say all that to say if I sound kind of froggy, that's the reason why. Um, but uh, bear with me. I, I, we do have a dope um, podcast this week, and I think it's some helpful information that's going to really help you guys um, in, in the future. Um, particularly, you know, for artists um, that, that you know, kind of in that stage of where like, man, you know, I'm trying to get things going and, and things are not moving the way I want them to. So, uh, we're definitely going to get into that before we do that though. Um, uh, this podcast is definitely brought to you by, by Lander tonight, um, today actually. And, um, Lander is the world's first intelligent drag and drop instant mastering service by Mitch Genius. And uh, just for being a listener to this podcast, um, what we're going to do is give you a free trial. All you got to do is go to Lander.com. Um, that's L-A-N-D-R.com slash promo slash S-O-D-D. You go there and you're going to get a, a free trial. Um, it's a free gift from, from us to you. And all we ask is that you use the program. Let us know how what you think about it. And also tweet Lander and tweet me and, and tell us about your experience. We would love to hear from you. Uh, so today... Um, the, the subject that, that we're going to go over um, is it, one of those things where it, it's kind of a touchy subject, in, in my opinion. Um, it's one because and I say it's touchy because earlier on in my career, um, I didn't really necessarily have the same logic. And, and I've just learned over time that, um, you know, things change and, and being in, in today's climate uh, of music um Things have shifted in a direction that you really can take control of your own career and do some things. Um, and you don't necessarily have to do things in the same order that they used to be done. And so um, I say all that to say today's podcast uh, is going to focus on why you shouldn't wait to get hot in your city um, or become popular in your city. Right. Um, OK, so maybe. Mm, five to 10 years ago, um, it was almost unheard of for an artist to not be popular in the city that they're from, uh, you know, the place that they reside in before being popular to the world where, um, that that's definitely has changed. Um, and, and mainly because of, you know, of course the, the advancement of technology and, and um, the, the other thing is the internet, you know, those, um, with having those two things, you know, those boundaries are, you know, pretty much limitless now, um, having the internet, um, at your disposal and, of course, um, with the advancement of technology and the different things that are available to you now, um, you don't have to necessarily wait um, to become hot in your city. So, you know, you, you are, you know, you, you have an idea of what you want to do and, and you're progressing and you're, you're making those things happen. But for some odd reason, your city is just not gravitating towards the music that you're making. Right. And you, you're either at that point of where you, you want to switch your music that you're making or you, you want to give up. Well, I'm here to tell you, don't give up just yet. Um, there are some things that you can do um, that are necessarily not focusing on the city that you're from, but also looking at those surrounding cities. Right. So 
here's the thing number one that that internet makes you limitless so never forget that always know that at any given point of time somebody all the way across the globe can listen to your music love it and you can have a fan base there so um don't get discouraged if your hometown is not rocking with the music that you're creating um that's not necessarily a bad thing um the main thing is that you're creating music that you believe in, number one. So if you're creating the music that you believe in, somebody else will believe in that music. You just have to find them. And there's different ways to find them. But the most important way to find them is that you got to know who's listening to your music. Um, and I say that to say, and this is not an advertisement for any um, of the names that we're going to mention, but it's helpful to have uh, some of these services. So um, if you're, you're using SoundCloud, right, and SoundCloud has a pro level where you can actually have look at the analytics and see where your plays are coming from, seeing who um, is listening to your music the most and, and, you know, what they're listening to. All of that information is vital. You want to make sure that you're handling your analytics and know exactly um, who's who's your audience and who's listening to you and, and where they're located. You know, you may be trying to build a fan base. And for the sake of this example, I'm going to you gonna, guys are going to hear me refer to Atlanta a lot because that's what that's where I'm at. And it's helpful they kind of have a location um, um, solidified so you can know exactly kind of pinpoint it and use it um, to your advantage and, and kind of put yourself in those shoes in whatever city that you may be in. So um, for me, I'm in Atlanta. So we're saying that, um, you know, you may be trying to build a fan base in Atlanta and your fans are in California or your fans are in Indiana or they're in, um, you know, in the UK, you know, but you don't know that unless you have that information. So, you know, even if it's going to cost you 10 or $15 a, a, a month, that's not that much money. You know, that's literally not going out to eat one day out the week and you'll have enough to pay for that subscription. You know what I mean? So those things make make a huge difference um, in having that information, you know, or even using Google analytic, uh, analytics that which is free. Um, but, you know. I say that to say you just want to have that information available so you can know um, exactly who your fan base is and who's listening to your music. You got to go out and, and attack your fan base. So remember that the Internet makes you limitless. So, you know, you're using SoundCloud, Audio Mac, um, iTunes, Spotify, Tidal, all of those streaming services. Your music can be played anywhere at any given time. Um, you know, it can be played all over the world. So stop thinking about getting hot in Atlanta or, you know, or Tallahassee or wherever you're from. You know, you, you, you got to um, focus on the real picture. And the real picture is finding out who's listening to you. And, and once you have that information, then now you can attack your fan base the right way. You know, everything will be um, strategic and organic. So. The bulk of this podcast um, today, uh, we do have a guest, um, Tyre, um, and he's an artist out of Pittsburgh, and he went over some tips and, and some things that he did um, to kind of help him step out of his comfort zone and, and being in Pittsburgh and, and growing a fan base that's really outside of Pittsburgh. Um, but before we go into that, uh, there's there's one approach that, that I like to call the uh, backdoor approach, right? And... Uh, this this approach is, is what I think um, that will really help you get out of your city, not focus on your city and, and how to really make your city jump on the bandwagon, which will, you know, it happens a lot um, with, with artists nowadays that, you know, you find out 10 months down the line 
well, you know, your hometown who really didn't show as much support now are like showing extra support and, and claiming you and, and saying like, hey, you're from this place or that place. So it's OK. You know, they will eventually come around. You, you don't have to worry about that. The, the bigger the records are, um, the more um, fame you start to get. Um, if that's what you're after, um, people will start gravitating towards your music. And, and those people that are in the city that you're in, um, they will start to talk about you. It's just a natural progression um, and, and, and the natural cycle uh, of music. And that's just how it goes. So um, back to what I was saying, the backdoor approach. So it's a couple of steps. But before I give you these steps, uh, there's one disclaimer that disclaimer is you must have a dope live show if your live show is subpar this is not going to work for you at all so before I, I go over this I just want to stress the importance of making sure that your your live show is intact and, and what I mean by a dope live show is not you um performing over your 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 vocals um definitely not performing over your your track um you, you should if the very least have a performance track and you should have a, a running setting you should, and if you listen to our podcast last week then you should have a dj um on your team all of these things are, are is what i'm saying that's going to really help this backdoor approach work effectively for you so i i stress it this will not work unless you have a dope live show, preferably a live show that includes either a band or at least, you know, some piece of a band like a drummer or um, somebody with some live instrumentation, you know, maybe a trumpet player or violinist. Um, any of those aspects really help, you know, to bring together a dope live show. So I'm just going to say that again. This is I know I've said it like four times. This is the last time. But this backdoor approach will not work unless you have a dope live show. So here we go. The first step of a, of the backdoor approach is to number one, focus on performing in B, C and D markets. And I say that only now, um, only is kind of, you know, is question, you know, quotation marks, and it's not really solid. Um, if you, if you're going to perform in, like I said, once again, I'm going to use Atlanta as the example. So, um, for example, I'm, I'm here in Atlanta. And so Atlanta is an A market. That's a big market, right? That's that's the market that everybody wants to be from. So if you're in Atlanta, if you're in New York, you're Chicago, um, L.A., Miami, um, even Orlando or, you know, um, Detroit, Chicago, those are A markets. Those are big metropolitan cities. Um, you know, a lot of people come in and out of those cities to perform. Those are huge markets. So those are your A markets, right? Um, so it's okay to perform in those. That's, and that's There's not a problem with that. But you want to focus on those B, C, and D markets. And what a, what a B, C, and a D market is, that is just smaller markets, right? It's just like the letter. Uh, think about it as grades. Everybody um, strives for an A. An A is at the top. Well, you know, a B is okay and, and you know, and, and it's acceptable. A C is like, ah, oh, you barely got by, but, you know, nobody's mad at you. And the D is like, hey, some places a D is failing in, in a sense, right? So, and it's very small, you know, you're not proud to say, hey, man, I made a D on the test, you know, so just keep that in mind as I talk about these markets. So in relation to these, just to give you some um, some examples of what these markets would be, we're looking at the state of Georgia and we're in Atlanta here. So Atlanta would be the A market. The B market would be your, um, you know, next to 
bigger next next to kind of i would say more so metropolitan um areas but but just more specifically i would say like um maybe in an augusta or savannah you know those are b markets where you 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 may have a a venue there that's going to fit you know three thousand people you know it may have a a civic center and you know an artist may stop there um and do um, something a little bit more than intimate venues there, right? So those are your B markets. Your C markets, I would say, is um, a city like maybe Macon. Macon is kind of like in between a B and a C market, in my opinion. But, you know, like um, um, a Columbus, um, Georgia, or, you know, um, Macon, um, you know, places like that, Athens, um, college towns would be great C markets, places that are just, you know, they're known for one or two things. They're known for like, like a city like Athens, they're, they're known for UGA, right? Well, UGA is a great school and it's a great college, you know, but Athens is a college town and it's a C market because they have a, 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 a group of people that will be there all the time and they can support and go out. But outside of that group of people, most people are not interested. Then you have your D markets. Your D markets are places that they absolutely never get performances there. Whenever somebody says that they're performing there, it, you know, th- this is almost like, you know, a lot of C and D markets would be considered like middle America, you know, places like um, some places in Indiana or, or North Dakota, um, Places like that are considered like your D markets. Those are places where you're just not going to go. The average person won't go there. It's like why we don't have a market there. There's nobody there. So um, for Georgia, we'll say those are more like, you know, your your, uh, Vidalia's or uh, maybe Cordill or, you know, Valdosta City. Like that, maybe even like an Albany would be like a C or D market. Um, Just places where the average person is not coming to perform. You know, it's, it's... only thing there is maybe a college and if not a college then maybe a factory um you know the population is small maybe you know a couple of thousand people are there um you know even up to ten thousand people something like that something small not not huge or anything like that right so that's the first step here you want to only perform at b c and d markets um and, and the reason why is because number one uh these people don't see major artists perform, right? And you got to think of yourself as a major artist, number one. If you're in in a, a major city, um, forget about where you are in, in your artistry and forget about where you are as far as a fan base. You have that attachment. You can say like, hey, man, I'm, you know, I, I'm an Atlanta artist um, and, you know, I'm a traveling artist and I perform. And people see that and say like, well, as long as the music and the live show, like I said, that disclaimer, as long as the live show is good, then it's going to fall into place. You're going to have the live show to back up everything and then you're going to have the name attached to it and the, the presence. You know, um, a, a friend of mine and a blogger man, um, that. I met a couple of years ago, uh, Dame Dizzle, um, for precise ears, man. Very dope site. You guys check him out. Um, we get a chance, but you know, I, I interviewed him one day and he was just like stressing, like, man, you know, I, I just came from New York. And the thing is like, when I'm up there, 
and you tell people that you're from Atlanta, their eyes just light up. Like they're so happy. They, they, they all they do is play Atlanta music, and so they're looking for Atlanta artists to perform. And that kind of brings me to you know the point of saying like, hey, you know, you don't have to be popular in your city. People are gravitating towards your sound or whatever. So you got to go to where people want to hear your music, right? And so I would say you're performing in those B, C, and D markets once a week at the very least. So you're that, that if that's a weekend or if that's a weekday, I only say once a week because that's reasonable. I, I feel that at any given point, you can get up in your car drive, you know, four four hours away max and get to one of these uh, C or D markets, perform. And you can also, you know, go back home the same night if you needed to do that. You know, it's it's not that far to go. You know, you may be a little bit tired, but it's it's not that bad, you know. And so you want to do open mics. You want to do showcases. You know, pretty much whoever will let you perform and get on stage because you have a dope live show. So, you know, no matter where you perform, you're going to stand out because you've put that show together to the point where you have to pay attention. Right. So. You know, keep that in mind once a week. That's all I'm saying. Do it once a week. If you can do more than once a week, that's great. But at bare minimum, once a week that you want to hit these B, C and D markets up. Right. So you plan it out, figure out like, hey, man, um, this week I'm going to Augusta. Uh, next week I'm going to Macon. The week after that, I'm going over to Columbus. After that, I'm going um, to Chattanooga, Tennessee, you know, the different places like this. You're going to figure it out like I'm going there. And, and there's there's real reasoning behind that, because the main thing is you know people are just not used to seeing people perform from out of town um and so it's the stigma and and just saying like man like i'm an atlanta artist and i'm going to your city and it's like oh man like they came to see um they came to see us they came to perform for us that that goes a long way with your fan base um and and as you're growing and building your fan base so remember that number two thing um while you're performing on those you know, those B, C, and D markets, remember that presentation is everything, right? You got to look the part, look professional, look like you're an artist. Um, and this doesn't necessarily mean you got to have a gloss or anything like that, but I shouldn't be able to pick you out of the crowd. And I should be able to know that you're an artist. And, and it really depends on what you're selling. You know, it's entertainment at the end of the day. So if you're somebody that's selling personality, then I need to see that personality. If you're selling clothes, I need to see that. But at the end of the day, I'm just saying, if you're an artist, you got to play that part. And, and I should know that you're an artist in whatever capacity that you're trying to present yourself as an artist. So like I said, presentation is everything. Look the part. Have your merch ready to sell available can't stress that enough have your merch ready to sell look when you're on the road more than likely you're not going to get paid that much so the way that you're going to make money is through your merch through selling your cds selling your t-shirt selling your stickers selling whatever creative um, things that you come up with um, for merch but you got to have those ready and the other thing is not only have your merch ready but be able to and available to accept something other than cash um, it, it happens all the time that, that I've ran into artists that have dope merch ideas and, and have dope merch available and only accept cash when, you know, 
I don't, I don't even want to throw numbers out there, but a large percentage of the world don't even carry cash. They carry plastic. So you, you got to have that. Um, you know, you can go and buy the square. You can go to PayPal, uh, which what I use. Those, most of those services are free to get the equipment and they're just going to charge you a percentage. The same thing that your credit card company uh, would charge you. Uh, to buy the equipment, you know, most of them anywhere between uh, two to three percent. And and so it's worth it is what I'm saying. And you got to have that. You don't want to um, walk away from merch. <laughs> if somebody likes what you're doing, they want to buy it, have an option for them to buy it, not just say like, oh, man, I don't have, you know, cash only. No, come on, man. You know, um, if you're only accepting cash only guarantee, you're going to lose out on at least one or two sales a night. So figure out another way um, to get your merch. So have those payments ready to go. Right. Um, the other thing here is have a meet and greet session after your show. This doesn't have to be anything like extravagant. It can be something very small and, and but just make sure that it's detailed. So after your show, you can have a, a small table uh, set up in the back or wherever that venue will allow you, allow you to set up. And if you can't set up, then, you know, do the meet and greet standing up. But you want to have something you want to get off that stage and say, like, hey, this is such and such. This is my social media. I'm also doing a meet and greet. I'll be here um, in the back. Or, you know, or whatever time that you have set up for it, you want to make sure that you do a meet and greet. And the meet and greet is simple. And it's simply just for you to really meet and greet your fans, meet and greet the people that came out to see you perform, meet and greet the people that enjoyed your music and, and maybe seeing you perform for the first time. Touch hands, you know, uh, shake hands, have real conversations with these people. They are they're your lifeline there they will be the reason why you're still here um 10 years from now if you're successful with it so you know go out and talk to those people shake their hands put a cd in their hand get a card you know you got to treat them and i can't treat them like business people Every person that you meet, every new fan, every potential fan, treat them like they're your business partner. Right. And so you want to go in there. You want to make great eye contact. You know, you want to, you know, get to know them at the end. Remember their name. Something as small as remember somebody's name can go a long way. You know, autograph those CDs, take pictures, post them on the, on their Instagram, um, post it on your Instagram, repost. I can't stress it enough, man. Like we're in the age right now where everybody's too cool for social media. Social media is supposed to be fun. So if you're going to be on social media, be sociable, talk to people, Go out there, come up with creative ideas to, to get your point across with whatever you're posting. Um, somewhere along the lines, I don't know where it happened, but it became uncool to have more um, to be following more people than you had followers. It became uncool or whatever. Right. I get it. I understand. I was one of those people, too. And, and truth be told, um, I'm at the point now where I have more followers than I'm following people. But. I didn't care about that. And, and here, here's the, the real reason, right? There's an artist, Little B. I, I, I'm not like a huge fan of his music. I, I will be honest on that. But the things that he do and the moves that he make, I, I watch and I watch very closely. Like this guy, he'll pretty much follow anybody on social media. And what usually happens is that person will follow them right back. And, and I want to show you what that creates, right? I know we're in a world where it has to be you, you have to be cool. It's exclusivity and, and all of that. But it's social media. And, and truthfully, as an artist, 
you're going to give up that that privacy. You know, you don't have that anymore. I mean, there's ways to find that and there's ways to to keep that, you know, going. But for the most part, if you're at the stage that you're at um, as an underground artist and someone that's building a, a career, you need as much exposure as possible. So you need to go and follow those people. Now, I'm not a fan of just going there and just clicking and following a million people. I don't think that's that's effective at all. What I do feel is effective is somebody, if you talk to them, and you shook their hand and you engaged with them and, and really had a genuine conversation and go and follow them on social media. They're more than likely they're going to follow you back. But here's the part that artists forget. Most fans, genuine fans, when you follow them on social media, they're going to go and tell all their friends about it. Man, you won't believe who followed me. Such and such followed me on social media. Man, they DM me. We going back and forth. We having real conversations. Yo, he asked me for my advice. She asked me, what could I do better? Like people take that stuff to heart. And so when you're doing that and you're engaging with your fan base and you're not trying to act like you're too cool to engage with your fan base, you're really building solid foundations. Right. And, and sooner or later, what will happen is. You completely forgot about that. You're not even popping in your city. You're popping in all these small markets. You're going down to making it and, and you got, you know, 20 fans there. You're going to Columbus and you picked up 20 fans. And by the time that you went through one month of going out of town and not even worrying about performing in your city, um, you've picked up about, you know, 10, 10 to 20 fans. I'm being realistic with numbers here. You picked up 10 to 20 fans in all of those markets. So in a month's time, you have about 50 people that, you know, that are new to you. Now, those numbers may be small to you, but check this out. With those 50 people that are really rocking with you and really like what you're doing, a good 10% maybe will buy something. And, you know, so you're looking at five people buying something. And if you can get five people to spend twenty dollars on you well you just made a hundred dollars that you didn't have and those numbers are small but those numbers grow and it's a snowball effect um and next thing you know that next go around you're, you're getting more fans and so it's just something that you got to keep doing it's a rinse and repeat um process but one thing that i do want to make sure that you guys understand is that if you make those moments with your fans like memorable and unique experiences, then they will never forget them and they'll talk about them for life. They'll 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 write for you as much as possible and you couldn't do any wrong because they remember you performing in their hometown where nobody came to perform and you, you sought them out, shook their hand, gave them an autograph, followed them on social media dm them like every now and then say like hey man what's up how you doing how's everything going how how things are you know down in cordial um cool man you you know you think i should come back down there for a show and now you have people working for you they're like yeah i want you to come down here well it's like well hey man look let the promoter know that you guys want to see me perform i'll get down there you know all i need is like really gas money to get down there i just want to perform you know um and you'll you'll see that people will start to work. Some of those fans will even give you the gas money to come down there just to perform, you know. But you got to open your mouth and actually ask and and really stop being too cool, man. Like you're not at that point yet. You're not famous just yet. And I'm not trying to put you down, but I'm just trying to be realistic about where you are right now in your career. If you're being too cool to socialize and be on social media and get get a chance to know people and genuinely build a solid foundation with your fan base, then 
It's just like building a house without a, with a bad foundation. It's going to eventually crumble. And when it crumbles, you have nothing to stand on. And, and you're just going to be there in the midst of, of all the rubble, you know. But if you build a solid foundation, you, you build a solid fan base and you have people that really ride for you. Then what will happen if you actually stumble a little bit, there's somebody there to pick you up. You know, they're, they're there to tell you like, oh, man, no worries, man. Like, you know, keep it going. We love what you're doing. Can't wait till you get back to the city to perform, you know, all of those things kind of help. So, you know, that that's that's it. I know I know it's not as um, detailed as you may thought it should be. It, it is really a simple process, but it's going to take some work on your part. So remember the disclaimer of the day for uh, the backdoor approach. You have to have a dope live show. If your live show is not good and be honest about yourself in your live show, if it's not good, if you need some tweaking, don't don't try this because it, it will not work. You'll just be another person performing at one of those showcases. But if you have a dope live show, I guarantee that these steps will help you build a solid foundation outside. And you won't even worry about building um you know, a buzz in your city, because what will happen is all of these BNC markets surrounding your, your major city or your hometown where you're from, all of these people start talking about you. And when they start talking about you, then all of a sudden your city is thinking like, oh, man, I'm behind. You know, he's from here. Oh, well, we need to get him to perform. And now when you perform in those places, it's, it's even bigger because now you have people that are driving up to see you from those smaller those b c and d markets because they they want to get a chance to see you perform again they're they're taking they're investing in you and they're taking that hour trip that you took to go down there and see see them um and perform for them they're gonna take that trip back and pay it forward for you now so it's just one of those things it's a long process it's not easy you know you got to put in the work but you know just remember performing b c and d markets try i i say try for two months right on the weekend, if you can go to and just really every week, you know, at least one show a week going and performing in different um, markets. Just, you know, try for two months. So that's about approximately eight shows. Right. In eight shows, you, you should build something, see some type of traction. Remember that presentation is everything. You got to go there and, and look the part and have your merch ready and have that option to pay with credit cards. And, you know, make sure that you're, you're, you're meeting and greeting people and you're autographing CDs and taking pictures and reposting. Treat everybody like a business partner. Good eye contact, get a con get 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 contacts. I don't know if I mentioned that earlier, but make sure you get contacts. Um. That doesn't necessarily have to just be social media. Get email addresses and phone numbers and, and do this. Your phone number is public, right? If you have to get you another phone, that's fine for just for fans. That's that's nothing wrong with that. But give that number out, man. Matter of fact, here's my number right now. I'm going to give out my number. But here's the disclaimer with me giving out my phone number. If you call my number and I don't recognize the number, I will not pick it up. However, I will answer text messages. So if you have any questions... Feel free right now. I'm giving you my number. It's 678-906-9106. I'm not going to repeat it. You're going to have to rewind if you didn't hear it. But I guarantee you, I'm, I'm open. Text me. And don't text me crazy. If you text me crazy stuff, I will block you. I'm just going to be honest with you. But if you got questions and you, and you need answers, and if I can provide those answers, I will. I'll reply right back. Text me. Don't call. If you do call, I need build a report with me first before you call. If I if you call me, and I don't know the number. It will go to voicemail and I, I will listen to the voicemail. I check my voicemails daily. And if it's something 
of importance, I'll give you a call back. But text me, man. I'm, that's that's why I'm here. If you got questions, it's all good. We can we can talk about it. But you got to be more personal. You you got to get out there and foot the bill and, and, and really put in the work because if you're not putting in the work then it, it's not going to work for you right so just make sure you handle that that's the backdoor approach um and really that's this week's podcast um, of just me talking uh, we do want to um, make sure that we get into the conversation with the homie tyree um like i say he's a pittsburgh um artist and, and he actually sheds some light on, on some on a couple of things and how he got started making music back in 09 um and the, the approach that he took to kind of um, you know, get better exposure and, and, and whatnot. So yeah, that, that's it. That's it for this week. Um, let me know what you guys think. My number's here. Text me, let me know. Um, and, and feel free, you know, um, to ask any questions that you want about this music industry. That's why I'm here. I, I want open dialogue. It's not about just me talking to you guys. I want to make sure that we're learning from each other and that's the only way that we can do that. So, you know, um, Oh, yeah, I forgot. Um, This week's podcast is brought to you by the good folks of Red Lander. Um, Try out Lander. You know, I I don't want to go into a huge spiel about Lander. They're using great product. I use them every single day. And um, the truth is they're great at what they do. And, you know, just for being a listener to this podcast, um, we're going to give you a free trial. Two free MP3s of your master. All you got to do is go to lander.com. That's L-A-N-D-R dot com slash promo slash S-O-D-D. Um, go there and get the free trial. Let me know what you think. You can text me. You got my number now. And let me know what you think about Lander. And also put it up on social media. At me at Straight Out The Den. That's S-T-R, the number 8, O-U-T-D-A-D-E-N, at Lander, L-A-N-D-R. <clears throat> Excuse me, L-A-N, yes, L-A-N-D-R. And let them know. Tell them that straight out the den sent you. Um, they'll they'll love to hear from you. Um, oh, I almost forgot. You guys, uh, some of you know that my background is in music production. What I've done um, is in the midst of running the website and doing this podcast weekly and, and doing a um, an online show, the Good Hennessy Show, and, and doing um, a cu- couple of other things. Um, and I'm, I'm not making excuses, but in the midst of doing all that, I kind of lost the knack uh, for for music production, and I had to kind of find my way back. And so what I did to kind of help me to do that was um, I started this series here. It's called Locked in the Den. Um, it's taking place this whole month of October. Um, and so what I'm doing is every day I'm creating a new beat. Uh, from scratch. Um, there's nothing that will be um, anything old or anything like that. Everything, every day will be me creating um, new music um, from scratch. Um, and it's really um, for me to kind of help get back in the groove of things. And, and it's really worked. It was inspired by, by a friend of mine by the name of Brandon Keith. Um, he is a, uh, a, a dope writer. Um, and and he, he started this thing called uh, 56 Mornings, uh, which was inspired by Future uh, 56 Nights. But the 56 Mornings is where he wakes up every morning and, um, you know, does something different. Like, uh, you know, one day was waking up 30 minutes earlier. The other was taking cold showers and just different things to kind of help appreciate life. And he's actually writing about them um, every day. So um, he inspired me to, like, really get on the train and, and, and do something different. And, and, you know, do something that that would work for me. And, you know, so far it's really got me in the groove. And and also um, he doesn't know that I'm doing this, but I'm going to plug his book also. Um, 
is P.S. Don't Forget to Be You. Uh, it's just short writing for you and me by Brandon B. Keith. You can pick that up on Amazon, um, by the way, but definitely a dope read. Um, I, I do pick this thing up quite often. And it's a quick read, too. It's only like 63 pages or something like that, 62. Um, it's a very quick read, but it, it's definitely um, helpful and, and some motivation um, in, in the in the the reading of it. So definitely check it out. It's called P.S. Don't Forget to Be You. Uh, short writings for you and me by Brandon B. Keith. Um, but yeah, so, oh yeah, the Locked in the Den series, it's up on the site. Go and check it out on the site. It's on SoundCloud um, if you want to hear what, what the music sounds like. Um, but like I said, we're going to go for 31 days. And at the end of the 31 days, um, you know, have something special. I'm going to do uh, something special. I don't want to put put that out there just yet. But there will be something that I'm doing at, at the end of the um, this whole locked in the den series and it's going to be a treat for the fans so um i appreciate you guys for listening but uh yeah without further ado we're going to go ahead and listen to the interview with tyree hey what's going on people it's jay good straight out the den um we have a very special guest here on the line today man um calling in for the podcast all the way from pittsburgh um and, and you know honestly i just really got onto this guy's music and you know his people reached out to me and and when i listened to it i was i kind of felt bad I, I felt bad because it's one of these artists that you know you can hear the talent level and, and it's like man me calling myself somebody that you know i pride myself on finding you know talent from all over and and this was somebody that I didn't know. I, I was sleeping, you know. Uh, so help me welcome the homie Tyree to the show, man. How you doing, bro? I'm great. How are you? Man, I'm good, man. Once again, I, I do appreciate you calling in. Um, you know, there's a couple of things I definitely want to get to you, um, you know, in, in the short period of time that we have, man. But I know, uh, first and foremost, you are, uh, you just released this new project, um, Atmos. It, it's your um, EP uh, that you just released. So, you know, kind of give the people um, that spill because I, I don't want to forget about it. I know at times, man, we'll have these conversations that I completely uh, forget about bringing the music up. So I want to make sure I get to that first and, and make sure that we handle that business first, man. So, you know, you have this EP um, that's out now. It's been out for um, about a month now, right? Something like that? Yep. Okay. Sure. And, and, and so for me, honestly, I, I'm looking at it and you know, this might be the obvious question, but I'm saying, like, man, why Atmos? You know what I mean? Like, what's the whole point um, behind that, and, and what what's the message that you're trying to get across with, with that title? Um, Atmos was like a follow-up to my, my first project, Celestial. Okay. Um, And the covers looked the same. Like, the cover for Celestial was white, and it had a different picture. So I just wanted to, like, make it easy to follow. Like, if you listen closely to the project, they're, like, they're themed projects, you know? Well, both projects are about, like, solely about what I'm feeling at that time is what I made and just pick the best of the best and put it together as a project. Yeah, so, but... Like, yo, no, go ahead, go ahead. Um, I feel like Atmos is just, like, it's darker than Celestial. Like, darker sound. Uh, subject matter's kind of same, but I'm I'm delivering it in a... In a like, I don't want to say an angrier way, but like a more vicious, less innocent way. So, um, I don't know. As far as the name, I honestly just thought it was something that sounded cool, and it kind of like brought everything together. Like it was a name that I was like, okay, I'm comfortable naming this project this because I feel it reflects, you know, like the songs, and you know, like just that feel. 
like it's kind of atmospheric and I guess that's where I got it from yeah you, like suffix the word atmosphere yeah definitely I, I was actually going to ask that too man because the music you know I had a chance to listen to the uh, the project today and just the the vibe of it is is you know it's very airy and, and it's kind of you know spaced out music and, and and whenever I hear music sounding you know that way it automatically puts me into a, a a zone of like wanting to think you know what I mean because it's yeah there's not a lot of you know especially today is like like I'm in Atlanta so you know the Atlanta sound um for some reason has taken over a lot of you know influenced a lot of people in hip-hop and so even with those drums and, and you know the 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 loud 808s and you know everything being synth heavy and things like that you you hear that and and to have something like your music that's almost really the complete opposite it's almost like you leave space for interpretation with your music and that's what i really appreciate about it when i when i first took a listen to it um thank you yeah no doubt man how much of that is um formulaic and, and you know like this was intentional that i wanted my music to sound the way that you have it sounding now um i don't think i mean it is intentional but it's not intentional at all because like i just i make what i feel and like i have an idea for a sound in my head mm-hmm. and um i'm like me and my producer sam contoro who like i make everything with um like him and i do all the production ourselves so, like, we're just, like, damn, like, we're just sitting there in the studio, like, what do we want to make? Like, we can literally make whatever we want. Like, whatever sound we want, we can make. So, like, he just throws on the beat, and I'm like, yeah, this is what I want to make. Like, this is what I'm feeling. Or we just start something from scratch. So, like, there's, like, a formula, but I've been working with him for so long that it just feels natural. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't feel formulated anymore. At this point, it just feels like second nature. That's just that. going in there and making stuff. That's dope, man. And, you know, I read somewhere where you guys linked up, in, like, back in 09, like, high school or something like that. Yeah, I've got... known that kid for, like, seven years. Yeah, that's and crazy. 20. And, and, you know, so, like... the the thing is, though, one thing about it, um, and, and I try to stress this to a lot of artists, and, and I'm glad that I'm hearing you talk like this because it shows that, you know, you got it, you know, Um I think artists have to find them one to two producers that they can really click and build with, you know, and, yeah. and once you find that and, and allow that producer to really help formulate your sound, I think you guys like you got it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, exactly. That, that's what you, that that's what needs to happen. And, and the fact that you already have that and what you are, um, this is your second, is this your second project or? Like, yeah, okay. So two projects in, man, and you really have a sound that, like you said, is is your sound. It's not even you're not even trying to do it. It's just it's really who you guys are as a collective, and and it's yeah. showing in the music, man. Um, now, I don't know know this for sure. I wanted to ask you, man. I I was like, whenever I do interviews, I try to do the best research that I possibly can, and you know, so me, I, I went on the Instagram and I'm looking at your pictures, and I'm like. Hey, did this guy do? Do you DJ any? Do I wait? Do I DJ? Yeah, cause I saw a picture that looked like you were at a DJ set or something. I was like, I wasn't oh, sure. I I mean, I DJ for fun. Like, I'm not a professional DJ. Gotcha, or gotcha, gotcha. Okay. But like, there's like parties where I just be DJing at, just cause I want I want to get it turned, and I know what to put on to get it turned. Um, but like that picture was, I think that was from my listening party. I oh, DJed that. Okay. <laughs> just cause. Just because I wanted to get, I, want, I wanted to have it turned before I played my project. So. Well, you know something, man. I was just, just DJ. I'm, I'm gonna put this out here, man. Like me, I'm, I'm not a DJ by any means, right? But 
there there's no such thing as practicing DJing, man. Like if you're out there and you're spinning and you and you're controlling the crowd and you're entertaining the people, you are DJing. You know what I mean? So I don't I know if you want to add that to the resume, but hey, hey if you if you're out there and you know how to work the equipment, you're well on your way, man. Definitely well Definitely. on your way. Uh, you know, you're welcome, man. You're welcome. So, you know, Pittsburgh, I do know a couple of artists um, from up that way um, that's that's really moving around the city. And, and I've had a chance to really gravitate towards their music. Um, but with you, like I said before, your sound is completely different from some of those artists that, that I know of um, in, in the Pittsburgh area. You know, um, what kind of challenges have you really faced, man, like being in a city that up until recently wasn't you know of course with the the breakout of mac miller and, and wiz khalifa of course um you know people are starting to look at pittsburgh a little bit more than they they used to but you know yeah. now that you guys have that that type of attention what kind of challenges have you really been faced with as far as kind of breaking um, out from the city well like so wiz and mac blew up and like they have like a party like stoner type sound that they made popular um but, like, the primary, like, the most popular sound in Pittsburgh right now is, like, trap. Like, there's a whole bunch of trap rappers mm. in Pittsburgh. And, like, I hate to, like, put them in boxes, but, like, that's what it is. Like, trap is the most popular, like, type of music here. So, like, the, me making the music I make, like, it's not easy. But, like, I still have the people who support me. Mm-hmm. And even though I'm not making the biggest type of music in my city, like, I'm thinking of, like more national and like global because like with the internet like i don't have to make just Pittsburgh type of music yeah like i can make i can make any type of music and like people in atlanta will feel it like people in london feel it so like definitely it's good to have that local support that's a little harder to build up being that you know i don't have that the hottest sound right now but give it like a year and this sound will be the hottest and people will be like oh we were wrong you know shit you, you you said something very important right there, man, and I definitely want to kind of go a little deep deeper in that conversation about, you know, being in the age of where you don't necessarily have to have that 100% support of your city because of the Internet. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like your music, you can literally upload something to SoundCloud and, you know, you can get plays anywhere across the world and, and really have a fan base in places that, you know, you would never know. Um, yeah. And, and that's great for one that you're you're actually doing that that research and finding out like where your fans are, you know, um, and not really waiting um, just for Pittsburgh itself to kind of you know blow you up. But yeah, those like limit. Waiting for that, I'll be waiting forever. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, man. Like having those limitless um, like boundaries. Um, what's what's the I guess the the most surprising um, support that you've seen, you know, whether that that's a location or, you know, just uh, somebody reaching out to you, like what was that one thing that kind of caught you off guard, you know, during your journey in music? Um, well, I have a, there, there, there are two things. So I'm, I'm going to give you two answers for this one. Okay. Um, I got like the SoundCloud Pro Unlimited package. So yeah. like, I can see where all my views are coming from. Absolutely. And like literally all around the world, like, to like crazy places you would never think people have you know computers to be listening to music mm. so like seeing that like my music is like coming straight from my bedroom from my city to going out to the rest of the world like that's really powerful like that's like a message spreading at the end of the day and like that's just such a cool concept to me that i can make something 
mm-hmm. people I never met in places I've never been can hear it. So like that's that's a huge responsibility to me to be like, damn, like what do I want these people to think of me in my city? Man, that's 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 one of those things where man, like I I too have the the uh, pro unlimited um, package with SoundCloud, right? And and one thing that I found out with doing this podcast is that you start seeing your you you really pay attention to your analytics and you see like man you know this this whole thing kind of started up and i wanted uh, in my mind i had a certain group of people that i wanted to hear it you know and and that's who i thought my target was and you find out like man you uh, you know one day i did the um analytics and i was like man i'm getting some major support in the uk right now and it 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 kind of blew me away honestly man i was just like wow because i didn't you know in my mind i wasn't thinking about i wasn't trying to reach the uk you know what i mean yeah. and, and it's not i i know that we live in the internet age and we can really you know meet anybody but in my head i was thinking like man you know i'm in atlanta i want to reach atlanta i want to do this you know maybe hit new york and la those places but it's like when i seen the uk and then you got people in spain listening and you know and even if those numbers are not like huge numbers in some some places it's still the fact that somebody that completely has no idea who you are is listening and they're all over across the world and you know it kind of opens your mind up to thinking like oh man like the world is so much bigger than my city you know right that's that's i I just love having that you know what i mean having that in your finger you know at your fingertips um for you with with your music man and, and the projects that you have going on I'm seeing a theme, right? Like I said, I, I try to do some research early on and, and I'm noticing just by looking through your Instagram and, and, you know, listening to the music that you're you're kind of one of those artists that do for yourself in a sense. Like you're you're not really waiting. You you, you know the music that you want to make, you know your voice and you're going out and you're attacking and you're making music um for for those fans, you know what I mean. You're pushing your your product heavily to the fans that want to listen. Um, how long did it take for you to get to that point? You know, I know you, you say you're two projects in. Um, there was before those two projects. There was a lot of like a lot of groundwork. Like I made like three projects before these two, and mm-hmm. nothing happened with them. You know, so like. There was a lot of a lot of learning and a lot of like I quit music like twice in high school just because I was like, man, I hate the music industry. But then like I came back to it and I was like, I really love this. Like I can't be doing anything else. Like the I, the reason I didn't like it because back then in high school I thought everything was going to be easy. I was naive. Mm. I was I was like a stupid little kid. And I was just like, all right, cool. Yeah, I'm gonna make good music, put it out, and I'll be famous. Boom, that's it. But like. My like my goals since then have changed. Like why I'm doing music has changed. Like you said, it's more for myself now. Mm-hmm. And I feel like doing it for yourself and making the music you feel like should be heard. Because like when I make music, I'm like, what is not out right now? Like what is like what is the piece of music missing that I think should be heard? Mm. And like that's what I try to make. And like people like it. You know, it's growing organically. So you know that's like. A blessing in itself like putting in that groundwork learning from it i'm proud of that like that's something i could teach to my kids like that's a lesson i can teach to anyone yeah just to be like if, you, if your focus is right you know and your intentions are pure just do it and work hard 
man because that's like that, that, that's all I've been doing and that's been like that's been working for me so that's what I'm always going to do yeah absolutely you you said something man and I actually had to write it down you know it, it was like um make music that's not being heard you know um it, it, it's so easy to get caught up in making what everybody else is making especially once you're seeing like the success um of of other artists you know um definitely you know like but, in Pittsburgh like I mean Atlanta y'all like y'all got the sound like whatever y'all make people are gonna make like Pittsburgh everyone like everyone I don't feel like even in Pittsburgh like I feel like everyone sounds like Future right now and mm-hmm. I love Future mm-hmm. Future's like my favorite artist right now but like I don't sound like him because he's doing Future like if you're an artist doing what another artist is doing you're not an artist you're just an imitator yeah so like people get too caught up in hype and that's a, that like that's a huge problem like what's hot right now isn't going to be hot in the next three four months to a year yeah so, absolutely like, i'm like all right cool everyone's on this one thing that's hot right now but i'm trying to be the pioneer for what's hot next and like make people oh i want to sound like tyree like i want them tyree type beats yeah, man. There, there you go. That's that's what I was leading to. It's just like you know, if you can get into that point where you create for the future, and you know, eventually what will happen is is just like you said, man. People are gonna start asking, like, man, I want to beat like this. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm gonna start rapping like this, or I'm gonna sing like this. You know, that that stuff happens, man. When you start, you know, making some good music, and you're making stuff that that doesn't sound like anybody else, and then all of a sudden, people catch on that wave they want to do what you do and then what you do after that is hey i come up with something completely different you know what i mean so it it, it happens to to every artist you know at at one point in time what t-pain was doing was foreign (laughs) you know what i mean yeah and then everybody started doing it and it it got to the point where it 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 pretty much it damaged his career you know because it was like man I'm great at what I'm doing, but everybody is doing this, and now it's not original anymore, you know? So now I got to yeah. come up with something else. So I, I get it, man, and, and I appreciate it. And I love the fact that you already know that, you know, early on in your career that you, you're set, setting yourself apart from the competition. Um, Thank you. You know, I, I hate to be one of those people that, that ask, you know, hey, man, what's next? You know what I mean? Because I know that that you know you put a lot of time and energy into your projects and and so but we are in the digital age right now where people hear a project today listen to it for two weeks and they're ready for the next thing right uh so i I have to be that person that asked that question you know what what is up next for you and it doesn't have to just be musically it can be you know anything if if you're trying to venture into maybe doing film or more visual things like but what's that up next for you no man i'm glad you asked that question i love when people ask that question that's like my favorite question just because I know I have a lot that's coming up before before this year's over. Mm-hmm. Um, another project, couple videos, more singles, probably like double the amount I dropped this year already is what I'm dropping before the year's over. So like a, a, a bunch of work's coming, a bunch of work. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, man, that's yeah, we we got we, we got what we needed, man. You know what I mean? I I, I like I said that I'm, I'm always kind of like tiptoeing that question because I'm I'm an old head when it comes to the music. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And, and, and like I'm I'm used to 
living with a project like you know what i'm saying listening to it and and saying like oh man you know and coming back to it and, and listening again and, and finding something new i really like to, to digest these projects and really live with them but i know it's a different time man and you know sometimes you got to yeah, grow with like, the times so. yeah i can't do that like as a up and coming artist i can't just drop a project wait a year and drop another one yeah. like i know people i know people attention spans are short like Twitter is held to 140 characters. Like, Vine videos are six seconds. Like, everything is, like, so... Everything gets old quick. Yeah. And I know that. So, like... Like, yeah. hopefully my music is timeless. Like, I try to make my music timeless, but, like, at the end of the day, I know I gotta keep dropping stuff and keep consistent to earn these fans because everyone out there, there's a whole bunch of other rappers trying to take my fans. Like, it's, like, pulling <laughs> tugs, so I just gotta keep pulling to, like, pulling get them like here come here come here here's this here's this like keep giving them doses yeah yeah that that's that's cool man you know um i, I can't remember if it was something that i i said on the podcast or what um but but i was having the same kind of dialogue with, with an artist um and, and we were just talking about you know how is there a way that I can put out one project and really work that project and stay relevant and, and not become, you know, um, boring to my fan base or whatnot? And, and the suggestions that we we pretty much came up with was like, man, hey, if you put out a project, say you put out a project, you know, maybe 10, 10 songs on it on the record. Well, the the smart thing to do is like maybe instead of putting out the whole project initially, maybe start with one record. And then after you put out the record, wait a couple of weeks and put out the visual. And, you know, um, after that, do something, you know, so basically it's like you almost have something planned kind of, you know, two or three times a month um, around the project. And then finally, at the end of the year, you put out that project and kind of push it and, and you know, um, do do more of a, of a hard push toward the end of the year with the project. And, and uh -huh. I, you know, I was like, man, you know, it's, it's a genius idea because. The thing is, most people are not going to realize that, hey, man, you put out a project already. They're just saying that you're putting out new singles every week when at the end of the yeah. day, they're all on the same project. You know what I mean? So th there's ways around it. But, at the, you know, you, you still got to keep putting out stuff. You got to be consistent, man. Nowadays, there's no, you know, putting out one thing and then hoping that everybody's going to remember it a year from now. You will be forgot about. You can guarantee that. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, man. So look, man, bro, I appreciate you calling in. Um, is there anything else you want to tell the people, man? I would get you to rap, man. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I don't want to force that on you. You know, it, it's up to you. <laughs> no, I ain't got nothing prepared, man. I'm not one of those cats who get just come on. I'll, I'll be writing like hours on my verse. Gotcha, gotcha. And and you know what? I respect I respect when an artist can be honest and say that as opposed to giving me another you know BS answer talking about this or that. It's like, exactly. hey man, like I'm that's just not the type of artist I am. I'm an artist that I have to live with stuff and I I have to write it down. I'm not that freestyling yeah. type dude. I, I get it. I understand completely, man. I'm a, I'm I I do have to get you one now though. Some some point in time though, because you asked. Oh yeah, yeah, no I doubt, man. No doubt. Completely empty handed. I'm about to call you in like a week with a verse and be like, here's that verse, bro, and just rap it to you. Yeah. <laughs> all good man all good well look bro uh how can the people connect with you if they want to reach you man social media all of that stuff um my instagram is tyree two times just all one word t-a-i-r-e-y two times my twitter is underscore tyree underscore t-a-i-r-e-y or you can just go to tyreemusic.com and find everything right there 
All right, dope, 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 man. Well, hey, man, it's Jay Good at Straight Out the Den. You can follow me on all things social media at Straight Out the Den. That's S T R the number eight O U T D A D E N. Um, also, remember if you're listening to this podcast on uh, SoundCloud, that's great. We appreciate it. I would love for you to subscribe on iTunes. All you got to do is click on that link right there um, in the SoundCloud, or go to iTunes and search Straight Out the Den. S T R the number eight O U T D A D E N. Subscribe, rate, and review. That's it. I'm not going to advertise anymore for it, man. I appreciate everything that you guys do. I, I thank you for listening. Um, and also, man, like I said before, if you're listening to this podcast and you got a dream, pray on that dream, research that dream, and work until that dream becomes a reality. With that being said, I'm Jay Good at Straight Out the Den. He's Tyree. We out. <laughs>